Why does Mike Sullivan seemingly keep force-feeding Jason Zucker into the top six? Well, maybe, maybe we're starting to see why. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. The Penguins will be back home and back on the ice today at noon out in Cranberry in preparation for a couple of games. They've got three games in four days this week. Beginning tomorrow night against the Senators, including the return of Matt Murray, the following night in Columbus, and then Sunday afternoon at home against the Winnipeg Jets. And if things keep going the way they have over the past few days with this team from the health standpoint, we're going to continue seeing, A, more players available, obviously, and B, more difficult decisions ahead for Sullivan and his coaching staff. One of them apparently is not what to do with Zucker. Just listen to what Sullivan had to say after Zucker popped those couple of goals the other night in Las Vegas. Well, we knew he was going to play with a lot of energy. You know, he's in his hometown. Yesterday was his birthday. Uh, He was excited to get back in the lineup. So we knew we were going to get a guy that was going to play an inspired game, and I thought he did that. You know, he's Zucks is a real good player. You know, as I said the other day when I was asked about, you know, his overall game this year, and, and saying that the only thing that, that hasn't been there in our mind is, is just a little bit of finish. You know, it's, it hasn't been from a lack of, a lack of opportunity. Uh, and matter of fact, he's been one of our leading guys with respect to primary scoring chances in, in, the, in the games that he's played in. So, uh, you know, we're, we're obviously thrilled for him. Uh, I'm sure that, that's, uh, that should give him a boost of confidence. But, you know, we believe he's a, he's a real good player. Uh, you know, when, when he played with uh, Gino and Cappy uh, in, the, you know, in the first round last year in the playoffs, you know, we really liked that line and what, and what they were able to accomplish. So that, we believe that that line has the makings of being a pretty explosive line. And so and Zuck's a big part of that with what he brings. He's a little bit of a different player than Cappy and Gino. He goes to the net. Uh, you know, he's, he plays with an edge. He's got a physical... Uh, presence to his game, so and and he can score goals, and he's shown an ability to score goals in this league, and that's what we need him to do. And and fortunately for us, he did tonight. But I, my hope is that it gives him a big boost of confidence. Sullivan is nothing if not consistent in his approach and in his beliefs, and one that he's held for as long as I've covered him, which is his entire tenure, is that the top six or the top line isn't some sort of reward. It isn't a a status element in his lineup. He wants to have players playing with each other who make sense with each other. That's why it's been fascinating, I think, to watch how he's put his units together over these past few days as guys come in. And, of course, a couple of guys have gone back out. Zucker is going to stay with Evgeny Malkin and Kasperi Kapanen, at least for the foreseeable future. 
I don't think you're going to see any kind of gimmickry from this coach. I certainly don't think you're going to see something continue along the lines of Jeff Carter on the left wing, although that was fun while it lasted. Speaking only for myself, I had thought about what the merits might be of trying Danton Heinen up there next to Malkin and Kapanen. But as you heard from Sullivan, Zucker brings certain things to that line that those two could use, could use. They could use someone taking care of the defensive zone. They could use someone with extra speed on the retrieval because both Gino and Kapanen are going to be more likely to gun it from distance. They could use someone driving to the net and playing with a little bit of an edge. He's not exactly, you know, Dino Cicerelli, but he's Zucker's got enough scrap to him that I think that was a fair description that you heard there from Sullivan in that regard. The catch, as ever, when you're discussing anybody in the top six, regardless of your own beliefs and criteria for who should be up there, is scoring goals. And there's no question Zucker needs to do more of that to stay there. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Zucker can do that. Zucker can score goals. We saw it when he first came over from Minnesota. He was taking a fair number of shots. He was thinking shoot first, and he was getting rewarded for it. And ever since then, he's really become more of a guy who enters a zone and does a lot of, I don't know, pirouetting, carrying it behind the net, looking to dish, looking to dish, looking to dish, and he's not gunning it. Now, early this season, hang on, before this season, Zucker had talked about wanting to commit to shooting more. And he did for a good while there. And right now he's got 88 shots through 31 games. That's nothing special, so it's kind of tailed off. But the number that really jumps out at you is that he's got six goals and his shooting percentage is 6.8. That's really low. That's really low for a fourth liner, which is... Strange. Zucker is not someone like a Dominic Simone where you just go, oh, he's never going to score, okay? Dom doesn't even care if he scores. Zucker does, and Zucker has scored. He's done it with the Wild. He's done it in spurts with the Penguins. When you watch him in practices and skates, you see why everyone on the team, everyone, Players, coaches, everyone will swear by his ability to finish. He does some pretty terrific things with the puck. This is not an unskilled laborer here. He also happens to be, and don't go rolling your eyes at this because it does matter, really popular with his teammates. He's one of the most talkative, engaging, and I'm not talking about with media here, although he's great with us too. I'm talking about on the bench, where it counts, where it matters, in the locker room, 
where it counts, where it matters. This is stuff that Sullivan, you'll recall, used to say a lot about Patrick Hornquist. One of the things that he found most valuable about Hornquist, in addition to everything that he brought to the team on the rink, was that Hornquist made sure everybody was staying up. Well, if you think about the way this team plays, the style, the system, it helps to have energy guys, including vocally energetic guys. And Zucker is part of that. So do you take the guy and do you utilize him like this, as a lot of people will suggest cynically about him, just because he's got a $6 million a year contract and the Penguins are stuck with it and it was a lousy move by Jim Rutherford and everything else here? No. No. Of course you don't. Remember, new management team. If Ron Hextall and Brian Burke were to look at Zucker and say, yeah, this player's not really worth anything, and they can't trade him or they trade a uh, bad contract for bad contract, you know what I'm talking about, the Tanner Pearson type of deals. If you do that, no one says a word. No one criticizes anybody because the guy who originally brought him isn't here anymore. So there's no attachment to it. Sullivan legitimately likes Zucker, legitimately thinks the team can get more out of him from a production standpoint. And if he's right, all this depth that we've all been talking about only becomes that much greater. When we come back, just one question. Just one question that's brought to you always on this program by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DK. FuboTV.com slash DK. Today's J1Q comes from Patty, and she asks simply, did you see that the helmet in Las Vegas went to Dominic Simone? His teammates certainly appreciate his game. And yes, Patty, I eventually did see the video that the Penguins shoot from inside the locker rooms after a win. Uh, For those of you who haven't, they pass around this um, helmet that looks like a Viking thing or whatever. I'm not even sure what it is, these horns on it. And it goes to the player who is judged to be the player of the game by the player who was the previous player of the game following a win. And in this case, Louis Domingue, because of his outstanding performance in San Jose, was the one doing the presenting. And he stands up and he looks over at Jason Zucker and says, Zook, great to have you back. Boys, nice game overall, but we all knew where this one was going. And he walks right over to Dom, and you hear the room just erupt. And if you're one of those people who watches and judges hockey just by goals and assists, you're going to go, what? Really? What did he do? Or why didn't it go to Zucker? It's because... Dom does a lot of really good things on the rink. Yes, he's a forward. 
yes, he has occasionally been put into top six categories, as long as that seems to be the subject of the day. And he's always going to look like a fish out of water at the end of any process when it comes to being on a top six line. Why? Because he can't score. And he doesn't really care if he can score or not. I don't know a gentler way to phrase that. I've gotten to know this individual. I can tell you unequivocally, he doesn't care if he scores. He loves the other parts of the game. That's what he embraced long ago as a youngster. And he's really, really good at it. The plays that he made in that game to beat the Golden Knights were plays that other guys on the rink weren't making and probably in a couple of cases couldn't make because he happens to be very, very good at these things. An extraordinary back check, a couple of key blocks, a pile-driving hit to knock over Alex Petrangelo and, more importantly, to come away with the puck. Those are good hits. They're not waste-of-time hits. They're not for-show hits. Sullivan praises Simone for a lot of different things. But the first description that always comes out of his mouth, Patty, is that he's strong. And when you look at Dom, just look at his stature, that's not going to be the first thing that would pop to mind for anybody on the outside. And it doesn't for me either when I'm talking to him. You know, I don't look at Dom and think, oh, yeah, this guy's a real locomotive on the rink. But he finds ways to win the puck. And then once he does win the puck, his first play, the first touch, something that they track, by the way, way more meticulously in soccer and really should consider doing in hockey, is outstanding. First touch, boom. It'll hit someone in stride moving in the other direction. Now, if and when Dom ends up joining that rush, he's the trailer and he gets the pass at the slot and he shoots it right into the goalie's logo on his chest, half of everybody who's watching this is going to go, Simone, man, he stinks. If it was somebody else out there, that would have been a goal. Guess what? If it was somebody else out there, that chance wouldn't even have been created. Not for him, not for the guys on his line. I love seeing when a team appreciates a player like that. Domingue could have gone to any number of guys, most obviously Zucker. Not only did he go to Simone, but everyone in the room knew that he would. That should tell you an awful lot about how this team feels about number 49. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.